0: I'm not going to take long, but over the weekend, we had And She Laughs Women's Conference here at Heritage. It was absolutely fantastic. Yes? We'll have that again in two years. We can't wait. But um, we had guests, Pastor Cindy uh, Maureen and Pastor Callie Gray, be our speakers, and they brought their amazing husbands with them, Pastor Bob and Pastor Todd. And it's been a privilege to have them. And they are family to the Davenports, and they are family to Heritage. And so we're so honored to have them, and they're staying over, so we get the privilege of having them speak in our services. So today for 10 o'clock, will you welcome Pastor Callie?
1: I love your pastors with all of my heart, and I love this church with all of my heart. And I'm amazed every year that we come in and out of here. The the growth uh, in the spirit, the growth um, in the natural, and what God is, and the growth in the people. And I, I just honor you, uh, pastors, for just being so faithful to God, and God is being faithful to you and there is a, a, a mighty, mighty church being raised up by the power of the Lord. And so I'm honored to be here, and I don't take it lightly to be able to preach in your pulpit and to be able to love on your people. Um, I thank you so much, and I thank you all for sharing them with us. They're they're going to be with us at Crown when we do our national gathering at Crowned and Pastor Laura's there every, every year, but Pastor... Uh, Dr. Dav is going to, Pastor Doctor is what I call him, Pastor Dr. Dav is going to be with us and he's going to be preaching at Crowned as well. He preached one of the greatest messages I've ever heard on uh, the role of a woman and the power of a woman and the anointing and call of a woman. Uh, I was blown away and so I'm I'm sitting here looking at my schedule trying to figure out how it's going to happen in the car. I'm not saying anything and Cindy goes, we have to have Dav preach that message and I'm thinking, I'm sitting here trying to figure out who I'm going to. Who I'm going to boot out and put him in. <laughs> I may be booting myself out. Okay. So we're going to go to John chapter 4. I'm going to move pretty fast today. And so I want you to buck. Everybody say buckle up. Okay. I, six of my fingernails popped off last night. But I thought it was prophetic. The only thing that was left was my Texas red gun. Okay, so I'm going to shoot this message out like a gun. Okay, hallelujah. John 4, and let's start at the top. A Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called uh, Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Woman, if you only knew who was talking to you. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As, as well as his sons and his livestock? Then Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. I need something that will change my life. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have, you have well said. I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one that you have is not your husband. In that you spoke truth. You spoke truly. You didn't lie to me, girl. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. That was pretty easy to figure out, wasn't it? (laughs) Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You... um, You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. This woman knew the Torah. Are you catching this? When he comes, he will tell us all things. When he comes, somehow I think he can fix my situation. Jesus said to her, "I speak." uh, Jesus said to her, "I who speak is I who speak to you. Am He, honey? You're looking at him." And at that point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what what do you seek or why are you talking with this woman? They marveled that he talked to a woman. They especially marveled that he talked to a Samaritan woman. The woman then left her water pot, went on her way, ran into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. I I absolutely am amazed at this story. I am blown away at the goodness of God and, and how this all works. How, first of all, Jews did not go to Samaria, to Samaria. They went around. And I confirmed this with my husband. They, they did everything they could to get around the half-breeds. These were half-breeds. And that's how they viewed them. They were half-Jewish and half-Gentile. And even though they, they, Jacob was their father too, the Jews did not look at them like that. They looked at them like outcasts. So it starts by him saying, I am going to Samaria. I I need to go to Samaria. So, guys, y'all go on and go get some food. He didn't want them with him. He didn't want the disciples with him. He had a a meeting destiny with a woman that was going to change a people group. So it starts with him going to Samaria Uh, He sent his disciples to go eat. He had this destiny meeting with this Samaritan woman. And, And let me just say, she was a mess. She was a mess. And the first thing he did, the very first thing he did, is he began to talk to her about getting him a drink. And she began to proclaim her unworthiness. The first thing God did, the first thing Jesus did was start to deal with the the roadblocks that had been in her life her whole life. And she said, why are you talking to me? And he said, if you just knew who I was, you wouldn't even ask that question. I'm the one that's going to give you living water. And once she came to terms with the fact that this was really, she could actually talk to this man. She could actually, I know my glasses are red and big. Don't you love them? It was a destiny meeting. So the first thing she said is, I'm not enough. There was deep shame on her life. She was not only saying, this is culturally not right, but she was a living, walking banner for shame. Yeah. Yeah. She came to get water at noon. Who goes gets water at noon? Baby, can you wipe these off? It, they didn't, the women went and got water early in the morning. Yeah. She comes so that she's not ridiculed. <laughs> Thank you. So the first thing she says is, you're not supposed to be talking to me. And he says, oh, oh, no, I'm supposed to be talking to you. And if you knew who I was, you wouldn't even ask the question. Right. Then we find down a few scriptures later, she says to him, after he begins to explain who he is and talk about the power that he carries, she goes, are you really Are you really him? Yeah. Are you really enough? See, that's, that's the way all of us are. We come to Jesus, and, and you know, we want we to just tear this woman apart. She's had five husbands, and the one she's with is not her own. I want to just say, if you go back and you look at the history, first of all, women didn't have a lot of rights. They went from daddy's house to a man's house, to their husband's house. And if they could not have kids, she, the Bible says she had five husbands, so she must have been good-looking enough for five men to marry her. But I have a feeling there was a lot to that story that wasn't just about her being a perverted woman. I have a feeling there was barrenness. I have a feeling there was some hurt and pain. I have a feeling there was some disappointment. I have a feeling there was a curse that was operating in her life. And she went from man to man, but these men married her. And then all of a sudden now, by the time she gets to Jesus, she's with a man she's not married to, but she's had five husbands. So we don't know the whole story. We don't know the curse that was operating in her life. We don't know the poverty. We don't know the lineage of sin. We don't know the iniquity that was operating in her life. So many times we judge people by what they have done and where they come from, but we don't always know the devil's trappings and how they got there. And Jesus literally said, I'm going to Samaria because there's a woman there that has an understanding and a hunger for me. And I know her story is really bad. And I know she's been married five times. And the man she's with is not even her husband. But I'm going to touch her because there's a longing and a hunger for her. And if I can get her touched by this living water, she will literally change a whole people group. So first he, dealt, first he dealt with her own mindset of unworthiness. And then he told her, he said, he said, yes, I am enough. Jesus, are you enough? Are you really the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you enough? Because you're going to have to be enough to change my story. And I want to tell you that Jesus is enough. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you had 15 husbands. I don't care if you had 17 wives. I don't care if you murder somebody. I don't care what you've done in your past. God will forgive you and deliver you and set you free. And Jesus is always enough. And then Jesus got to the real core of the matter. He said, you have spoke truly. He told her, he said, go get your husband and come back. He knew the right question to ask. He already knew. He didn't say, oh, you filthy, rotten, perverted woman. Go get all those husbands that you married. He said, where is your husband? Go get your husband. She goes, I, I don't have a husband. He goes, you spoke truly. You've had five, and the one you're with is not yours. He immediately hand, He went right to the core of the, the distraction of sin. See, the Lord wants you to know that, that you're enough, that he died for you, that he actually wants to help you. He wants you to know know that he's enough, that he is really enough to satisfy all the things that we try to satisfy with sin, all the things we try to satisfy with Sex and perversion and alcohol and drugs and even the things that are good, money and, and success in the world and prestige and things that are okay by the, in the Christian world but can really be your God. He says, he says, you're enough, I'm enough, and I'll obliterate that thing if you'll let me. I'll obliterate your past. I'll obliterate the curse. I'll obliterate the hurt. I'll obliterate the thing that has caused you to stumble over and over to the point you can't even walk to the water well at 9 a.m. in the morning with the other girls because you're the, you're the literal laughing stock of the city. The Bible says that after he talked to her and he revealed to her and he gave her hope that she dropped her water pot and she ran as fast as her feet would take her. She ran into the city and she said, come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. I want you to hear this man that told me everything I ever did. Come on. I think he might be the Christ. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to live the way I've lived anymore. I want to get this thing right. I'm a new woman. I'm going to do what's right from this point on. Come. Bible says they came. The Bible says they came. They rushed from Samaritan. They rushed from Samaria to hear what God had to say through this one woman that the whole city knew about. I'm telling you, the prophetic word over this this church is to drop your pot and run. Drop your pot and run. Run into Vancouver. Run into your jobs. Run into the cities. Run into your neighborhoods. Tell them about this God that told you everything you ever did and changed your life. You are in a season of literal transformation. God wants to use you to transform a city, to transform a neighborhood, to transform your family. But you've got to begin to go and run and speak the word of the Lord to preach the gospel. You are to do the work of the ministry. Jesus took time to go to Samaria to grab and to minister and to send forth the first evangelist. The first evangelist was a woman that had had five husbands. (laughs) Ain't that something? The first evangelist didn't have a pedigree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went into the city, and she compelled them to come. I'm telling you, God has anointed this church. And he said, I don't care where you come from. You've got pastors that love you. They don't care where you've come from. All they care about is where you're going. All they care about is who you are now. All they care about is you are a blood-bought man and woman of God. You have been called for such a time as this. Your past is irrelevant. The only thing your past is to remind you of is the goodness of God and the power of the cross and where he's taking you. I prophesy that this church will be a church of much, much harvest. And it is God's will and it is God's timing that you're teaching power evangelism. Because the the spirit and the anointing of the evangelist is going to come upon this church. The first thing Jesus did was find him an evangelist. And he found the most unlikely, unqualified person in the world to carry his gospel right back into a little nation. I want you to raise your hands. Raise your hands. Lord, I thank you for these people. I thank you that they're called and anointed for such a time as this. I thank you, Lord, that you have washed us and cleansed us and purged us of our sin and of our past. And our past is not relevant anymore. The only thing that's relevant about my past is the glory of, your, of the cross. It's how your cross washed me and cleansed me and purged me and set me free. I thank you, Lord, that you're sending forth out of this church evangelists that will run into their neighborhoods and run into their their offices and run into their businesses and run into the grocery stores and that will be... Uh, men and women that hear the voice of God and see the power of God and will not be afraid to speak and to minister and to lay hands on the sick and to pray for people in the highways and byways. I thank you for a boldness and a courage that's coming over Heritage Church. And these women and men are becoming bold evangelists, and they're going to compel the people to come, compel the people to come to Jesus, compel the people to come and come to the church and be disciples and trained to go out and bring more and then they'll be discipled and trained and go out and bring more till the buildings won't even hold the amount of people that are coming to, to Jesus and being sent out to do the work of God. I prophesy that this is, a, this is an apostolic center. And it will not only be a a huge church of revival, and the presence of God will be here and will increase and is already here, but will increase with power and anointing and glory. This will be a glory hub in Vancouver. I prophesy this church will be a glory hub, it will be a salvation station. You are called for such a time as this. Your past is done. Your past is done. God forgave you. He's forgiven you. You've got one assignment, and that's to run back and compel them to come. you got one assignment, and that's to love them, to lead them back to Jesus. The same one that transformed you will transform them. Will you stand today and make a commitment to go be the mouthpiece for God? Will you settle it today that your past is over and that your sin has been washed in the blood? Will you settle that today? Settle that account. Don't let the devil mess with you one more day. Don't let the devil drag you through the mud one more day. Don't let the devil tell you you're not enough one more day. No, none of us are enough, but he's enough. And because of Him, we are seated at the right hand of the Father. And because of Him, we're enough. And He's enough. And He's called you for such a time as this. Close your eyes and raise your hands. Lord, we dedicate our hearts today to being like that Samaritan woman. And we thank you that you not only healed us of our own insecurity, you not only delivered us from our sin, you proved to us and you assured us you were enough. But God, we thank you that you have called us to go back into the city and to pull them in and to compel them to come. And we prophesy that this church will be a soul-saving station. We prophesy that this church will will be a place that men and women and young people and elderly people come that have no hope, but after they meet you, Jesus, they will be mighty men of women, mighty men of God, mighty women of God, mighty men and women of God that are totally surrendered to you. For such a time as this, we declare that this church will be a lighthouse all over this region. We thank you for these pastors. We thank you for this church. We declare that your will, purpose, and plan will be done in this church until you come, Lord. In Jesus' holy name.
0: Thank you, Jesus. We're going to, worship team going to sing this song, but I, I just really want to just invite you. If I don't say what you need, don't let that stop you from coming. But if you need someone, in fact, if those that pray, the prayer workers, please come now. If you need someone to agree with you that you are ready today to leave your past in the past, not picking it up anymore, not messing around anymore, there's no, listen, what you're feeling is conviction. Let that come and respond to that and find his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his freedom. And then if you need the assurance of the Holy Spirit in your life, come now for that. Anything like that, those things or more, come now, get prayer. I'm going to have the worship team sing this song through, and then I'll, I'll say a prayer over everybody. But don't, don't be shy. Sure, nobody knows why you're coming. It's all right. Let us agree with you. Be free from your past. Be assured of the Holy Spirit. You in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you that you would have your way in us. Lord, I speak now freedom over hearts. I thank you, Father, that there is is forgiveness and freedom found in you. We thank you, Father, for your love over us. We thank you that you chase us down. That you come after us. You pursue us with your love. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your healing. Lord, I pray blessing over your sons and your daughters today. I thank you, Father, that the very hand of Christ be upon them and heal them and deliver them. I thank you, Jesus, for this. Bless your kids. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to let you go, but again, if you'd like prayer, the, these heal will be waiting to pray with you. We love you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Go Bring them home. Go bring the hurting home so they can be free.